Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. In this season, we want to focus on practical discussions about unity within the Stone Campbell movement and beyond. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one so that the world may know. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread, and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Welcome to another Common Grounds Unity conversation and podcast. We're glad to have you back with us again. Our motto on Common Grounds Unity is unity starts with a cup of coffee. And by that, uh, we believe that it, it starts relationally with others who share our common faith and commitment to Jesus Christ, uh, rather than trying to find agreement over a hundred different issues. So we're, we're hoping that the podcasts and conversations here model ways that conversations can be had across the streams of the Stone Campbell Restoration Movement, and that it might just motivate you to go grab a cup of coffee with a fellow believer uh, from whom maybe you've been estranged or just not had fellowship with to start to get to know one another. We've been having a great conversation in our last podcast with the editor of Disciples Today, which is uh, the, the primary communication medium of the International Churches of Christ. Uh, Lianne is the editor of Disciples Today. And we've also been having a conversation with her uh, co-worker in that ministry, the chief evangelist of Disciples Today, Justin Renton, who uh, serves in that role, uh, traveling uh, back and forth between uh, organizations within the ICOC and churches keeping abreast of what's happening and keeping the word out about Disciples Today. So the website is disciplestoday.org. Lianne is with us today. She's up in Maine, by the way, and I asked her how things were in Maine last time, and I didn't ask Justin. Justin, as we're recording this, you work out of Johannesburg, South Africa, where you and your wife, Irene, live. Um, t- how are things? You're coming out of winter there, aren't you? We are. It's it's actually very nice at the moment. We 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 did skip spring though. We went from winter straight into summer, so it was cold. You know, and most people don't know Johannesburg in winter can actually get very cold. You know, we you know we get down to zero degrees and and it's freezing. Um, but it's thankfully it's it's a short period of time. But now it's 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 wonderful. We're in summer. It's hot. It's 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 great. Well, we're so glad to have both of you back. And Nick Zola is rejoining me. Tina Bruner is uh, off for a couple of podcasts. We asked Nick to co-host with us because, you know, Nick's one of those guys that just has great connections and has moved among all the streams of our our movement uh, so well. Teaches at a Church of Christ-affiliated university at Pepperdine University as a professor of religion there. Has been a part of Christian churches and his, uh, his roots and his life have uh, primarily been in ICOC churches. So he's got friendships here. We asked him to be a part of this conversation. He's on our board 
for Common Grounds Unity, and we appreciate all the work he does. Nick, glad to have you back with us. Kevin, it's a pleasure to be back again. Thanks very much for, for the invitation. Well, it's been a, been a joy to co-host with you. Um, Justin and Lianne, let me start out with a question. When, when you think about uh, your audience and the culture in general, what do you see as the challenges in communicating effectively to them? Sure. That's a great question, Kevin. Um, so something that's really important about the ICOC is that 76% of our churches are outside of the U.S. Um, about 62% of our members are, are outside of the U.S. And so when we think about our audience, it's extremely diverse. Um, can't emphasize how diverse it is. And, and there's not just one culture to consider. There's hundreds of cultures to consider. And it's an amazing blessing of our fellowship. Um, but of course, it, it presents a lot of challenges as well. And how do we speak about things? What are we speaking to? What are we not speaking to? Um, so we are, we're always thinking about the diversity of our audience and everything we do from, you know, the events that we post on our events calendar to the language that we use on an Instagram post you know, I'm, I'm thinking, does this assume that the U.S. is at the center? Um, it's so easy for us to do that. And, um, you know, having Justin as our, our head and as my boss is super helpful in this, like at a very fundamental level, we we're talking on Zoom all the time and he's in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere. And so we're always wearing the opposite types of clothing. Um, and we spend at least five minutes catching up on what the weather differences are between where we, where, where we are. And, and that's, you know, it sounds silly, but that is so important. These little reminders that um, it's the weather, you know, isn't everywhere how it is right here. And the Northern hemisphere is not running the world, you know, all, all this stuff is so important. And I think even in, in the makeup of the DT team. That's something we, we try to pay attention to. Um, we have uh, we have a lot of people in like the DT orbit that are literally all over the world and they help us with this mission. So the ICOC is organized into 35 regional families and each one of them has a communications director, a kind of like a point person for communications. And we work closely with those those people. And I can I can ask them hey, we're about to publish something, you know, how, how will people in your part of the world hear this? Um, how does this sound to you? You know, is it, it, are we hitting on some sensitivity that we don't know about? And I, I'm so grateful for that, right? Because I, I have my biases and my limitations and we, we really strive to intentionally include as many perspectives as possible because that's who's in our audience in the ICOC. Um, you know, and this, yeah, again, it plays into just the tone of voice that we use, our, even the jokes that we post on TikTok, like, is this offensive, you know, to our brothers and sisters in another part of the world? Um, or the videos that we make with Kidogo, it, how, how is this going to land on our audience? And that's something we're, we're always thinking about. And I think I'm so grateful that um, I get to constantly learn how to communicate better with people. And I think we have this amazing opportunity to even train disciples to be sensitive and aware of uh, their, their global family. 
Lian, I so love that that you brought all of those aspects in. And in last week's episode, we, we brought up just what you mentioned, the fact that Justin is there located in South Africa, which is obviously not in the United States. And therefore, here is the lead evangelist of this communication arm of the International Churches of Christ, for good reason, who's, who's international, who's not in the United States. It's such a temptation, especially... Uh, just within the Stone Campbell movement, within um, American Christianity in general, to to centralize everything from within the United States and to have the United States function as this umbrella over missionary work and to and to accidentally um, or sometimes not bring in American culture into into the work that um, that we do in teaching people about Jesus. Uh, and so it makes sense that um, that Justin would be would be there. Uh, geographically not located in the United States. And it reminds me even um, when we when we interviewed um, Eric uh, Trigestad, who um, is, uh, I think, now the CEO of the Christian Chronicle. He, he, he related a story um, about when he was interviewing somebody, I think it was from uh, the Ukraine, and, and how struck that person was, this was before the war, of the fact that it was just, here's an American who isn't coming to tell them what to do, but an American who just wants to listen to what's happening in another part of the world um, and how vital that is and how unfortunately, um, infrequently, probably American Christians practice that, that exercise of just, of just listening and knowing what is happening outside of the world. Um, that leads me to kind of a follow-up question then, which is, which is related but not the same, um, and that is thinking about your role as, as editor. Um, you are a woman, and, and then I know because because we're friends that that you are um, of of half Asian descent as well, and so and so you could be considered a person of color on that um, in that kind of realm. Um, does has that factored into um, your role as editor in, in disciples of, in disciples today? The fact that, of course, um, in many circles of Christianity right now, ICOC, Church of Christ, Christian churches included. We're having a lot of conversations about the role of women in leadership. I was wondering if you could share, share a little bit from your perspective and your experience about um, serving as an editor in, in Disciples today. Thanks, Nick. Um, we could probably talk about this all, all day, um, but I, I would just say, personally, I've, I've had a great experience, um, you know, working with DT and becoming an editor. Um, and I, I really am just incredibly indebted to Roger Lamb, um, who we, we talked about a lot last time. He, he's the founder of DT, the, the former editor, and he just invested tremendously in me. Um, Roger has a huge heart for training and for inclusion. And I think he, I watched him intentionally pull me in, so specifically include me raise me up, introduce me to people, highlight my work, profile me, get me in the room where decisions were being made. Um, he did that all the time. And, um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. And I think it just, it, it points to the fact that like you, you have to have mentors and advocates who are intentionally pulling in other perspectives. You know, he intentionally sought out Justin um, from outside the U.S. to replace him, you know, I think that all of that, those are intentional decisions. They, they typically don't happen accidentally. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really grateful for that. Um, and I think it's something I, I need to be thinking of as I, you know, look to train up people as well. Am I 
seeking out other perspectives, underrepresented groups, et cetera, uh, as we, as we built this. Um, and, you know, as far as women in leadership, um, you know, that's a, it's a hot topic. I think I, I don't have a strong opinion necessarily on how this should play out all around the world. You know, I just finished talking about how global we are and how diverse we are. And so I don't think there's a one size fits all for what women in leadership should look like around the world. But I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have women in the room and have women at the table. Um, you know, a lot of times in my work, I'm the only woman on an email thread um, or the only woman in a meeting like today. Um, it's it's pretty typical for, for what I do. And, you know, a lot of times that that plays a part in how I might land on a different, you know, opinion or perspective on something is because I'm a woman and I'm, I don't know, I'm in New England or I'm half Asian or I, whatever. We all have different perspectives there and they're all needed. And I think that's, that's what I'm trying to get at is not like, you know, we have to have the women's voice, but we need all the voices. And um, the, the list, you know, goes on about how many different perspectives we need, but um, I'm, I'm really grateful for Roger, yeah, bringing me to the table, you know, and, and letting me be, um, be a part of things and not, not be afraid of giving me responsibility, um, or, or leadership. And the last thing I'll say on that is just, for me personally, I've realized how much I need to intentionally seek out women mentors and coworkers because I'm in a heavily male dominated space. Um, I just need to go out of my way to find women. Um, and whenever I have the opportunity to connect with them, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it's so refreshing. So Tammy Fleming and uh, her team at womentoday.international have just been a godsend to me. Um, I know for me, I, I need to have examples in my life of women who have been faithful, raised kids, had careers, um, made a difference in the local church. You know, I, I need that. And so um, I'm, I'm just grateful for the women who have been that for me. Thank you for that, Lyanne. I, I especially appreciate what you said a moment ago about listening to all voices and including all voices that in many ways that encapsulates exactly what we're trying to do at Common Grounds, which is to say, hey, sometimes we just listen to our own voices and, and there's deep benefit, deep spiritual benefit in hearing the voices of the other. That in, in many ways is, is exactly what Jesus came to do, came to say, these, these others that you have not been listening to they are children of God, just like you. So thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lyanne. Boy, that, as Nick said, those insights are helpful and, uh, and insightful. Good, good for us to hear. Um, let me shift gears just a little bit and ask you both. Um, and, and Justin, we may kick off with you on this question because of where you're located. Um, we had a recent in this series on spiritual formation, we had a guest, Randy Harris, who, who made a very interesting observation. He said, pandemics don't create, they reveal. So, Justin, there you are down in South Africa. Um, Lyanne, you're up there in Maine. What are you seeing in your respective parts of the world and corners of the kingdom that God's spirit is revealing during or or in the aftermath of this pandemic, um, 
What, what do we need to be learning and, and hearing from God at this particular time in our history? Yeah, it was a very interesting experience going through the pandemic here, you know, in South Africa. Um, you know, everyone was talking about, okay, we've got to social distance. We've got to, you know, we've got to, you know, keep, you know, away from each other. And, and you know, everyone must just go online and just start watching services online. And, you know, for so many people here, it was like, how on earth do we do this? I mean, how do we social distance from, you know, we live with 50 people down, you know, right next to each other here, you know, and, um, and, and how am I going to go online and watch a service online where there's, there's no easy internet access or it's very expensive, the data, you know, network. So we actually ended up as a church, we ended up, uh, you know, printing out the, the 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 service outline and handing it to people. You know, the, the literally written out you know service, uh, and then eventually that was sort of an initial time of the of the pandemic, and then eventually getting uh, finding some people within the church that could sponsor smartphones so that we could get to people a smartphone you know in their homes so they could actually you know watch services online. And, and I think the thing that we that we figured out very quickly is is that you know that if you in community if you if if a lot of your church involvement is is beyond the Sunday service it's um, I'm meeting with people during the week we're in each other's homes you know we we you know we, we're in a community and we you know we see each other on Sundays then people people did great during this during this pandemic because those small communities didn't break down. You know, I think what we found is that the, the people that were have been more disconnected from the community uh, and and their, their Christianity is sort of a I attend on Sundays, I, I go to a church service and then not much really goes on during the middle of the week with my, you know, with my faith and my interaction with my fellow brothers and sisters that they um, have struggled a lot more spiritually during this time period, you know, and and are struggling to sort of, um, uh, you know, to, to, to re, even revitalize their faith as we come back to meeting together because I think you know, they lost, they, they just got disconnected from the community. And I think, you know, many of us talk about that Acts 2 church as a model, right, the you know, that the, they were in each other's homes, eating and drinking and meeting at the temple courts. And there's a sort of a vibrancy to their to their Christian faith, you know, uh, during each day of the week. And, and I think, yeah, the pandemic revealed, I think, those who are in a real community and those who are not. How about you, Lianne? Yeah, the I, I think that's a great quote from Randy Harris um, that yeah, what was revealed, you know, in 2020 and on, um, a lot of those things were, were already there, you know, a lot of, um, certainly racial tensions, um, divisions in, it were already around in people's hearts. Um, and obviously there was, you know, many events that kind of set off and triggered, um, those, you know, those things getting worse, but, um, I, I do yeah, I agree with that, that they, they revealed what was already going on. I think for us in the technology space, um, you know, I, I, uh, Roger and, and Justin, many others had been pushing for a long time that our, our churches need to be online. We need to be with the times. Um, we, uh, you know, I definitely heard plenty of times that, um, 
you know, you should, you should just be out evangelizing, you know, in, in person and not, not pay attention to the internet basically. And Roger and Justin and, you know, a handful of others were saying, no, 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 we, we should be paying attention to the internet. And, um, and I think in, in the pandemic, obviously, right. We, we saw that, oh, we're actually way behind <laughs> and in a lot of areas. And I think it was good in some ways it pushed us online, but I think one of the challenges I've, I've seen a lot, um, is that we were not equipping people to be like disciples online. You know, part of this whole uh, lack of awareness or lack of presence online meant that um, we weren't teaching people how to follow Christ online, you know, on on social media, um, how to conduct themselves. And um, if the evangelist isn't online, then he's not going to see that's a need. And, um, and then, you know, in 2020, everyone's online. People have, for a long, and people have been online for a long time. The members were, were online, you know, they, they knew how to be on the internet, but uh, then there's just an explosion of the, all these different events. And it, I think it really revealed like, wow, we, we have dropped, I, I, that's how I felt. We've dropped the ball here, you know, and we have not discipled people on, um, how to follow Christ, you know, in, in behind their computer screen. You know, we've definitely emphasized that in person and, and how to, you know, disciple each other in person, but not behind a computer screen. And so I think that that in and of itself revealed a lot of other issues that, that we needed to work on. That, that especially is a keen insight because I can remember some years ago, I think, and I'm going to get this wrong because I haven't thought it through for a while, that there was like a net ministry in the ICOC for a while, right? That was that was that came out of um, San Francisco, I think, and so and so that was almost a precursor to what you're describing of there that there could be an evangelistic presence or, or just an just a disciple spiritual formation maybe is the better word spiritual formation presence online of saying how do we operate as believers in Christ with each other, <clears throat> just like you said behind a computer screen when we think maybe we have that shield of anonymity or we don't treat each other the way that we might if we were if we were face to face and is there a ministry for disciples today there in a sense that that's that's another that's a new role that you discovered that you function as that you fulfill um, that maybe the pandemic helped reveal that um, that relates then to kind of this next question and you even hinted at it a little bit Lyon <clears throat> in what you were um, uh, mentioning a moment ago, um, and maybe this is too United States focused. Um, and so, Justin, you can help us. Um, you, you can help tell us if, if that's the case. Both of you could, I think. But, but at least from the perspective of uh, of where I operate at the moment, it seems that our world is becoming increasingly polarized. Um, polarized over so many issues, over politics, over racial tensions, over the roles um, in leadership areas over gender identity, over sexual identity. Um, and that has effect on lots of kind of parts of our church, old and young, um, whether people are leaving or staying or where they're going, where they're shifting, what allegiance they have and, and, and why, they, why they leave or why they stay. Uh, and so I wanted to ask that, what, what role does disciples today have? And then maybe if you wanted to bring this out to kind of broader Christian media as we've been kind of putting disciples today alongside for instance, the Christian Chronicle or the Christian Standard, but you can think of it in, in broader terms even than that if you'd like. Um, what role does Disciples Today play in addressing those issues? 
Good question. Um, so uh, yes, it's definitely been a, a challenging few years as we were just talking about. And it, I think it can feel like chaos is everywhere. I tend to think we're just more aware of the chaos um, because of, of technology. Um, we're just more aware of it than ever before. But I, I see this as an incredible opportunity to shine. Um, I think, yes, it's, it's challenging, but what an opportunity to model something different. And, you know, I think DT and, and other Christian organizations, I think, yes, we, we should address some of these issues. Um, but more importantly is what is our character and our posture in how we address these issues. Um, and I, I think that's, that is what's so crucial here. Um, and so we just we have the opportunity to model how to have conversations about hard things. Um, I know when I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see someone respond to criticism with kindness, it gets my attention. I think, oh wow, that, that person handled that really well. I take note. I think we are we're all hungry for examples of uh, righteousness in, in these social media spaces and. Um, we're hungry for peacemakers. I, I know I am. And so I, I think we just, DT and, and other organizations, we have an incredible opportunity to shine brightly. Um, and I think it's true of us as individual Christians. You know, how do we let the scripture shape our behavior? How do we turn the other cheek up online? How, how do we speak of, with grace and truth? How do we not replace um, in-person conversations with, you know, just typing back and forth. I'm always trying to redirect people. Hey, let's, let's talk online. Let's talk, you know, let's pick up the phone and talk. Let's, I love what we're doing here. You know, we're, we're, we're talking, um, face to face and, um, and we can't let media replace that. Um, I think for a lot of people it has, um, how do we have empathy for people with different perspectives? How, how do we point people to Jesus? Um, and, and so that's, I think that's what, I know I'm looking for. I hope that DT can even be that as we, you know, if we're responding to criticism on a, on a social media post or something, you know, that, that we can be righteous in that. And, um, and as we model that, as we're all learning together, I think hopefully we can be a safe and trusted resource for people um, that they can reach out. They can be themselves. They can raise a red flag, you know, whatever. And, um, and know that, that, you know, we're going to be safe and, um, and trust that we're going to be like Christ. And, you know, I, I, again, I'm hungry for, for those examples as well. So, um, I'm, I'm always on the lookout and I, I really, I know personally, I'm, I need to grow in that. There's deep wisdom in what you've just shared, Lyanne. Thank you for all of that. I remember why, why we're friends. That was, uh, deep, deeply insightful. Uh, Justin, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think uh, Lion is tremendous with this and, and uh, you know, helps uh, a huge amount with, with making sure that DT handles a lot of this stuff in a great way. I think the, the other thing um, is, you know, we've been very deliberate about sort of building a team of, of people that help us with, with, uh, with input and editorial input on some of these things from around the world. So there's Africans, there's people from the Middle East, there's Europeans, you know, um, you know, and obviously Americans on on our sort of team that help us with some of these editing and these responses, you know, responding to people. 
and it's so helpful to have all those different those different voices because I, I know that in the u.s you know kind of free speech is the is the key thing you, you got to be able to say what you feel and say you know it doesn't matter you know how you say it as long as you you have the freedom to say it and that obviously doesn't that doesn't land always very well around in other places in the world where how you say something and the sensitivity with which you handle it and the you know the you know, it is a higher uh, value than just your, you know, your ability to have free speech. So we've had a lot of interesting conversations around, you know, trying to balance uh, Ephesians 4 kind of, you know, speech, you know, let stuff come out of your mouth that's wholesome, you know, that builds others up, you know, versus just the freedom to be able to just express yourself and how do, how do we balance those those needs. So I think, I, I think it is, it is, it is an opportunity for us to be able to model how to have difficult conversations in in very respectful, uh, very uh, thoughtful ways, you know. And and so I think uh, I think it is it is an opportunity that, that I guess the darker the the darker the, the world, right? The, the the brighter the light that can shine if you do it well. And it's not always easy to do it well. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of what the it seems like the Corinthians kept repeating to Paul, you know, that everything is everything is permissible, everything is permissible, and Paul had to write back and say, everything is permissible, but but not everything is beneficial. That's it. Do do what builds up. Do what builds yeah. up. Thank you for yeah. that. Uh, that's good insight. You know, it's, it, it, we we should be con as concerned about how we say things as what we say. The content is one thing, but, you know, you think of Paul in Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle. And you think of Peter, um, be ready to give an answer, but do it with gentleness and respect. And sometimes we think if we're on the side of truth, we're just going to hurl that out there like we're throwing a brick at somebody instead of realizing that the way we speak to one another um, really helps something that's truthful land well or not land so well. Boy, I appreciate those insights. So needed. Um, this has been a great conversation, and it, it really contributes to our mission here at Common Grounds Unity of bringing people from uh, the different streams of our movement together and, and seeking to model the very things we've just been talking about. How do we have conversations well with one another? How do we create a space for safe and healthy discussions about things that otherwise could be divisive. And even when we disagree, how do we handle those in a Christ-like way and have conversations to have that lead to understanding at the very least? Um, so thus our, you know, unity starts with a cup of coffee. Let's get to know one another more. So we've had uh, now, as has been referenced several times, um, the different or some of the different uh, mediums of communication to the different streams. Um, today, disciplestoday.org, we've had representatives from the Christian Chronicle, uh, the Christian Standard, and there are a few others we'd have on in the future. But um, as you think about your roles and as you think about these major communication mediums that exist, uh, what are ways that, that you think there could be some level of, of better collaboration? I say better, that assumes there's some. Maybe some collaboration, or if there is better collaboration in these different 
entities uh, reimagining unity and contributing toward that in the respective roles that they play? And, and do you think there's space to interact more with one another uh, in contributing towards greater unity in our streams? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I, I thank you for number one inviting us onto this podcast. This is the this is this is a great start, you know, along those lines. Um, I, I think we definitely need to, uh, you know, one of the things that was wonderful about Roger Roger Lamb is that he had a lot of relationships with people from the Christian Chronicle, and you know, he invited these guys out to conferences, and you know, he kept connections with a lot of them. One of my disadvantages being, you know, on this side of the Atlantic is is not having those those connections, you know. Um, but I I think uh, through the through this podcast and maybe through further, you know, connections, we can continue to build those those relationships with those other organizations. And and I think Lyon mentioned at the beginning. I mean, the Christian Stand has been around since 1880 or something. It's like. Oh my gosh! Talk about making us feel young. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. So I, I yeah, uh, we certainly open to to want to explore possibilities. And I would just add, I think I, I am really grateful for the work you guys are doing, and even in having us on after some of those other guys. I know Justin and I were like, oh, we we should follow them on Instagram, you know, and we and so we did, and it it's something as simple as that. Now in my Instagram feed, I see what Eric is up to at the Christian Chronicle and I'm getting a, I'm learning, you know, all the time about this, this little window. And, um, and so it, it's sometimes it's as simple as that, right? Like who we follow on social media. So uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing and I, I look forward to, um, yeah, taking things further. Well, I, I, I feel like if we have just helped to connect the editors and leaders of these different entities that are so so important to our fellowships. We've done some good, and I'm glad to hear that that uh, that that's happening. So that's a blessing to me. Um, you know, just part of the blessing of hosting this podcast for these past several years. One one of the great blessings has been getting to meet brothers and sisters from across these streams. I always say we have. Uh, no cousins in the faith. We only have brothers and sisters. Jesus never spoke about cousins. Um, and so it's just been great for me to meet people uh, in our broader family of churches. And what a delight to be with the two of you today, to uh, just make friendship with a brother and sister. Appreciate your both spending two podcasts with us. And uh, is there anything you'd like to say before we get away? I, I hate that it's time to bring things to a close, but uh, no, great, great to meet you. Uh, great to meet you, Nick. And and uh, yeah, uh, I, I did get Roger took me to Pepperdine um, uh, a couple of years ago. I got to see Malibu and and uh, said, "Wow, that's a tough, that's a tough place to to work." <laughs> Again, no one, no one ever has sympathy for any any complaints that I ever have. So I know that no, I feel very, I feel very privileged to be where I am. Great to meet you as well, Justin and Lyon. A, a special pleasure to be back with you again. Um, I, I do we, have. A oh, well, go ahead. Yeah, were I was you going to ask Kevin? Nick? I was going to do it. Right. I wanted do to make it, sure Nick. we didn't forget. There's some irony in me asking this question, especially. Uh, but we always have a traditional question that we ask at the end 
of these podcasts, as you have already heard multiple times, our, our motto is that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So were we to sit down with you and in person enjoy a nice, uh, a nice cup of joe, how do you take your coffee? The, the irony is that I don't actually drink coffee myself. So I, I'd be sitting down with a cup of tea uh, or maybe a, uh, a nice cup of dark hot chocolate would be my preference. But uh, do you take coffee? And, and if so, how do you take it? Uh, how about Justin and then Lianne? Uh, I love coffee. So, uh, yeah, I, I grind my own beans and, and uh, I love all the actually love a lot of African coffees. We have a lot of good coffees here in from Burundi, from Kenya, from Tanzania. So, uh, yeah, love my coffee, drink too much of it, probably. And uh, uh, had two cups while doing this, the, this, this podcast. <laughs> That's no, perfect. No. And you are in you are in line with our spirit then. Very good. <laughs> there you go. We're in fellowship. Lianne. Um, I, I take my coffee black. Um, I like a good dark roast. And a few years ago, I developed an, a dairy allergy. And so I sadly had to cut out the cream in my coffee. But um, I've, I've learned to love it. And it's hard to go back now. Well, listen, I... I would love to sit down with all three of you and have a cup of coffee and, and get Nick some hot chocolate. What, what a joy that would be. This is the next best thing. Can't thank you enough for being here. I want to mention again to our listeners, the website is disciplestoday.org. Um, so you can go there and learn a lot about the International Churches of Christ and what's happening and some of the great resources that, uh, that they offer there. Uh, also be reminded that uh, Justin has a, a book out there, Healing of a Wounded Idealist, a Guide Back to Faith for the Christian Cynic. I'm going to look forward to adding that to my reading list. You can get that on Amazon. Um, so our thanks to these great guests for being here with us this week. Nick, thank you for co-hosting again uh, with me and being a part of the podcast. We appreciate all you do as a board member, your heart for Common Ground Unity. To our listeners, if you'd like to financially support and help us in what we're doing and hoping to do in the future, uh, you can donate to Common Grounds Unity. There's a place in the show notes where you can find to give, but on our website as well, Common Grounds Unity. Join us next time for another conversation about Jesus and his prayer for unity and how we might be the answer to that prayer. Blessings. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. You can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you can't find a gathering in your area, we can help you start one. It's not difficult or time-consuming, and we'll help you out along the way. It really does simply start with a cup of coffee. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.